Hi, big listener. Uh, we're about to talk a movie that has a 5.7 out of 10 IMDb rating and is described as Ronnie runs a disco walking tour with his son, Brayden. But oh, it's so much more than that. Uh, we're covering a real weird one today, guys. I'm Michael Swain. This is Framerate, where we rate frames. <laughs> First of all, who's with me as always? I'm Abe Epperson, and I'm the second guy. Uh, and then who, welcome. Yeah, who's with us? Who's not always? It's, it's me. It's Griffin Rowell. And I oh. cannot believe that that is the IMDb description for this movie. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. accurate. It's apt. Yes. Um, you may know Griffin from Science or whatever. Uh, where we did one episode about, I think, uh, Isaac Newton and quarantine, and then four about the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Very uneven shit to that. Yeah, but... <laughs> wild time. And then we were like, so how can they get to know the real Griffin, though? <laughs> and so uh, our friend. We're yeah. going to talk to Greasy Strangler, I guess. Why would you do this? Why would this be your open to the... I mean, it's not your opening move, but I'm, it's like... I'm bald. My head doesn't absorb grease. Sometimes I get greasy. <laughs> it gets reflective. Uh, so I have oh, so you're you saying this is a rela- wait? Are you rela- saying <laughs> this that you relate to this film? Is what you're saying? It's almost as if you're telling us, "I bet you believe I'm the greasy strangler." <laughs> right. I bet you do believe I'm the greasy strangler. Bullshit artist. I don't. Artists. I don't. <laughs> um, Bullshit artist. So okay, uh, this is like jokes. this movie is like an indecipherable wall of nonsense. If you're not familiar, and I bet most listeners aren't, and I. I think it's fair to say that a fair number of people hearing my voice right now, oh, you wouldn't like this. <laughs> this is not for you. Um, this is a movie I do not recommend most people watch. That's right. It, but it is. Uh, we wouldn't have covered it if we didn't think it was worth covering and would make for an interesting discussion. But I have to start it off by asking, um, Griffin, why'd you steer us in this direction? What's your history with the Greasy Strangler? You motherfucker. And... Um, I'm- uh, you screened it for some family members last night. How the hell did that go over? That, that's right. So we, we you and I watched this last August, I think. I think it's been about a year. Yeah. And uh, I don't think either of us really had any uh, any preconceived notions of what this thing would be. And we both I just heard it was a weird fell, movie. Yeah. We just both fell in love with it. <laughs> In a very <laughs> disturbing way. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's true. Though. I it's fell true. in love with it. This unlocked a, a piece of me that had been hidden away for a decade. Um, when Jen walked out of the room as Big Ronnie farted at Big Braden, uh, <laughs> I knew it was something special. And then last mm-hmm. night, I, sc- I screened it for my dad and my wife, and somehow they both made it through. And that is that's love right there it is. I, that is love i knew that was happening and as i watched it taking notes for this there were like at least seven or eight moments where i went ashley would leave on that ashley would leave for that like no, and, she and she'd be right she too. surprises you like this yeah. is or like this part's genuinely misogynistic like i would leave if i were ashley but mm-hmm. she stuck it out huh nice yeah i tried to <laughs> wow. I, I tried to frame it not as we were watching a normal movie Right. Yeah. 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 And that's what I want to dig into because I actually think it takes a surprising amount of effort to make a movie that makes you relentlessly feel this upset all the time and laugh sometimes. Like I laugh out loud at this movie and a lot of the time I'm going, oh, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That's a very difficult 
uh, Razor's Edge to walk. I think that I actually think takes a special kind of madness. And a lot of people try to do this very particular brand of anti-comedy that's so disturbing that it's like, is this come? What is this? <laughs> um, and very few achieve on the level of the Greasy Strangler and uh, Timpson in general, I think. Timpson and who's the director? Jim Hosking. Yeah, I just the opening scene it is this rundown, dilapidated house, but but we see Big Ronnie's room, and it is gold silk sheets and like floral wallpaper and this like gaudy romantic period bed frame, and it's so meticulously put together. And there's like a crack on the ceiling with water damage coming out of it. And it like just it just sets the stage for this thing that is it's grotesque, but it is like it's just incredibly purposeful. I, I just I right. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And down to the <laughs> I mean, certainly the lighting and the staging and uh, uh, the costumes and effects. The effects are surprisingly good when there's weirdly effects like uh, the guy getting punched so hard in the face that uh-huh. it flattens his face like a cartoon. Uh, it looks surprisingly good, and I just think it compares interestingly to a movie we covered not too long ago, Happy Poet, where you're like, that's what it actually looks like when you intentionally don't try hard. You do like low effort, and I know you didn't watch that, so I'm not going to make Griffin comment, but um, this was refreshing to me because I was like, this makes you you want to think. Like I honestly found myself thinking, did they ever do second takes for this, you wonder? And I'm sure they did because everything else has so much intention behind it, but it feels like they just wandered into an insane asylum and cast some guys and watched them do stuff. I I think this is like the Frank Zappa movies. It's like they practiced so hard to make it sound like a train wreck. Sound like something that just, most people will go, well, I don't care for that. Uh, Abe, how do you feel? How are you feeling over there, buddy? How are you doing? This, uh, I had no clue what to expect because this is a thing that you two shared, and we're all friends here. Uh-huh. We're all very good For friends. Now. And so, yeah. it was, no, it was like, so it was like, I, I feel like I needed to be there at the inciting incident. Because all this movie did for me is put me into like some kind of existential funk. Like, I watched it and I was like, who likes this? <laughs> and then I went on the internet and I, fa- I saw that people like this. <laughs> I found them on the internet and it made me feel mean. Like, like I'm an asshole for not seeing what this has uh-huh. to like offer, you know? And uh, I looked around and determined that like no one understands anything. We're all just walking around grabbing stuff we want from the world. Uh, design and all the things that I put my like behind my career and my effort doesn't really matter. Like I'm a fraud. Like art is, uh, but effort we like put filmmakers are frauds. There's effort. Like look at the grease suits. Those are very difficult. Yeah, to but like why is the question I <laughs> kept asking end. myself? Oh, yeah. so this is what I was. This is how I was trying to frame it to my family. Is that I? This is this is a. Uh, this is a vignette out of everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like this is a multiverse okay. world where mm. these are not actual humans. They're like lizard people. They have different rules. Right. Than us. Uh, and we are. And, and, and when you watch it with the perspective of watching a movie about human characters, it's grotesque and disorienting. But if you just mm-hmm. kind of like let it wash over you, 
I think. Right. That's the thing. That's the the washing over like isolates me because I definitely understand the surrealist kind of like subbing that's happening, happening like it's all presentational like it's all proscenium right like the proscenium is the front of the curtain of uh like a theater right, right. right? so there's absolutely no depth in fact intentionally so the, no the opening scene intentionally is, so you probably think i'm the greasy strangler i never said that i'll tell you a secret i am the greasy strangler <laughs> i call bullshit on that okay i'm not the greasy strangler but you're a mm. bullshit artist yeah i kind of am uh so like the first so it's like it's it's like that dude's the greasy strangler got it right (laughs) so like it it made me and and that just makes it like it's because i am like i think that art is specific things i guess uh and that's what i found out about myself because as i watched it i just got madder and madder which i guess is like a testament to this movie's power over me like i watched this movie and i didn't know it was a competition and i lost that's what happened (laughs) yeah you got beaten by the greasy fucking you know uh, i actually looked really into it i did a lot of research because i wanted to understand we did too after seeing it yeah that's the effect it has and i found the half in the bag you know half in the bag the uh film criticists critics uh they had a few things that because they they liked it uh and two things they said that i jotted down was it's like john waters meets tim and eric yeah, and Tim like, and Eric has to be mentioned. It's the same ballpark. Yeah. yeah, and then the other thing that they said that I really liked was that the movie's just uh, garbage pale kids cards. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. That's true. It's all yucky boogers and stuff. And like even shots of food. It's like, why is that food off-putting? That just looks like normal bacon, but it's oh, not like... No, well, but it's, you know, so he's making no, it no, that's not true. for his That's dad. not true. Yeah. yeah, he poured grease on the bacon. Like, it is gross. But no, the, it is, the, it's, but also, shots. Braden yeah. in the same scene, Braden is like the, like the other half of Big Ronnie's id. <laughs> sure. The, the, the main sure. characters of the movie. Um, <laughs> But he's eating the, the, Ronnie's eating the bacon, and Brayden has a giant heaping bowl of Fruit Loops with a carton of chocolate milk next to it. Right. And, and, uh, I, I just love that little detail too. It's, <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's just a maniac. Just a, they're all just, all they're I can all say maniacs. is, uh, they're I used maniacs, to watch a lot yeah. of Tim and Eric, and I've tried again, and I love, I especially love Tim Heidecker. And mm-hmm. uh, his solo work, but like that show, the Tim and Eric Awesome Show, good job. Uh, I'm always like, that's a valiant experiment in comedy, but I never find myself actually laughing. I really, really do in this. Like the the first introduction of the disco tour, where he tells some stupid story <laughs> about how the Bee Gees were standing in this doorway <laughs> while they wrote that song, that famous song, Night Fever. And the guy goes, can we verify this? <laughs> and he says, they were waiting to get picked up by their friend to go have Chinese food to celebrate his birthday. <laughs> like, I don't, these little mundane, he, like the lie is unnecessarily specific. And then of course they get into this endless limbo, which is very classic Tim and Eric-esque bit of asking for free drinks and saying there must be free drinks. And uh, it starts with the, but I find that there are actually, so here, there's two things I want to ask Abe, because I think the tension between us and Abe is the most interesting to me now. Uh, If you watch it through a comedy lens, uh, 
Can you see the maneuvers there that are still, they're proscenium shallow, like you said, but they are there. For example, it's not structureless. One guy wants free drinks and you cut back to Ronnie over and over and then it spreads to two of them and then it spreads to all three of them. And filmically, we're v- it's kind of a masterclass in comedy editing, I think. They're like, they're using size changes and jarring compositions no, to really keep it fresh. This, that that all the characters are saying is, please do give us free drinks. There are it's, no free drinks. It's not. I don't know where you heard this, blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like there is a lot of tactical craft in the, in, the, uh, is there? in that sequence. I mean, I guess sometimes there's like pans that do reveals and then you're I'm like, like That's I wouldn't have shot. laughed if that wasn't edited that in, way. They edited it correctly. There are... There are moments where it's you know what this is this is like methed up Wes Anderson like <laughs> it like pans over to a guy in a distant like just looking on he's like oh I guess that guy was watching the whole time that's weird he's acting weird you know it's like um but I I, I would disagree uh, with you I think in terms of <laughs> that's content, fascinating because we've sat in an editing bay and we're so similar in what we think let makes me editing funny yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it. But here's the thing is that there's no, there's no, it's the same trick over and over and over. Like it's all, that's, it's, it's like the basic sequence, right? So they teach you in film school, the basic sequence is wide shot over the shoulder, reverse over the shoulder. Those three shots can capture 98% of all scenes, right? And that it's used mostly in TV. Uh, it's most conversations in superhero movies. It's most conversations in most movies. That's not a knock against it, but it's just, it does, it's not occupied with that thought. This movie doesn't care. Um, and I don't think that the editing in, like saves it. I'm not like, I, I don't hate it or anything. It's just I don't I don't see the point of it because once if if that's the formal strategy that they're employing, what's the content? And you're like, well, okay, so you have this guy and he wants his drink free drinks or whatever. It's like, yeah, but all of and this, then the unrest, like all of what's going on, that's an arc. Is that's <laughs> not a but that's an arc like a child like crying. Because they want because they drop their popsicles. candy in the dirt. Yeah, yeah it's a like basic that's arc. A, yeah, it's a basic arc that has no point. Uh, and when you sketch put it comedy with is a bunch of that, other things. I would argue. Uh, usually, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, this movie is kids in the hall <laughs> sketch. The, the it's ba- the, the sausages, sausages sketch. Stretch. It for is an the hour sausages. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I mean, I don't think so. I think you guys are giving it. You're, you're being very evasive in what you give credit to and what you don't. But that Kids in the Hall uh, sketch, you got to admit, there's a lot of... I, that's I, right. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some inspiration there because it's a guy cooking greasy sausages for his weird dad. Uh, right. Which is, if we haven't made it clear, the general plot of this movie, just add that the dad is a guy who covers himself up in grease and murders everyone. And serial killer, um, yeah. Question, you don't think it's an effective edit or like idea or image it, like it didn't make you laugh when he murders someone and then it just hard oh. cuts to that shot of him screaming with the car wash the I, did, I did every laugh time. i did laugh that makes me laugh every time it made me laugh and then the ninth time they did it i was over it <laughs> so hard no cause the ninth because time they do it then uh Brayden is doing it's Brayden, it too man. oh and then, his face no, is amazing sure. they, yeah they renewed it they fucking renewed oh. it oh and just just <laughs> So first of all, I've never seen a movie deal with human nudity this way, right. and and uh, you could I think you can kind of you can either take the tact that it is 
horrible and it's making fun of these people who are not traditionally attractive let's say mm-hmm. um or you can just say that it's the same thing as everything else Abe. i think like the point is, is like yes you already got it it was a competition and and it yes. it, it beats you it beat me it <laughs> it's, beat me it's, it's grotesque it's all I think you're at, grotesque you at, you're actually on to something here and that's what's the heart of one of my like issues with the film in terms of like breaking through and getting it and going like ah i get it and i understand it and i see what's valuable about it because i don't dislike it entirely there's a few times i left like i re- i laughed at the line a lot of cows got milked so we could have fun tonight that's a funny <laughs> line um yeah but here's the thing because it's all about the dislike like i don't dislike ugly in movies you know uh and this is all about the ugly you right. know Uh, And I feel like there is a metaphor there. And that's why I think it's kind of evasive to say it like the point is that it has no point. It does very clearly have a point. It's very clearly trying to lampoon the the fetishization of like Hollywood, the brand of beautiful people all the time. It's but it's just as empty as a statement is what my problem is. Like, I guess that there's. Got to be movies every now and then that remind us that that's true and that Hollywood does that kind of thing and just shows us beautiful people. But that if you're going to make a film that is going to be the antithesis to that, make it good. Like the thing that they're making a real mess is dumb. I do think they're just trying to to be weird and funny. I don't think they're trying to tell a big message. Maybe. I think that they're they're trying to have both. And that's what frustrates me a little bit. Yeah. I think they're trying to say what's edgy about it is that they're doing that thing. We all recognize it. We see it and we can acknowledge it. Is that not an attempt? I just think it's an exercise in saying you want to see weird. Here's fucking weird. We never see this shit in movies. Let's for a change of pace see something fucking weird like really weird and that was leads me to my second question is is there any way you could appreciate it through the lens of a horror movie because i also am uniquely struck by how uncomfortable it constantly made me uh is there no do you not see like or does that not feel like it takes some skill to make you be that upset all the time in and of itself? That feels like it speaks to some kind of cohesion to me or some kind of clear vision. That's yeah. And, that's and let me, let me not, not a horror movie as in a slasher film because the deaths are not horrifying except when he puts his finger in the Oinker is cut off. Nose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he licked but, up the greasy But it juice. is a psychological horror movie. A scene where, where they're simultaneously yeah. doing the Rudy to Rudy, Rudy to you, Disco Cutie. That's right. And then Brayden is screaming <laughs> the most, Stop it, Dad. the most pained scream. This child man mm. who's been like abused by his by his borderline personality narcissist father, ably played by Sky Alabar. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's pretty. It's tough to take. Like you feel for this crazy, <laughs> this crazy guy. The grease yeah. on the fingernails when he's pretending to be Jody, oh. the detective. Oh, Jody. Jody's Jody, what the fuck, the Jody? Please end all inquiries here. <laughs> here. here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's, in the third book, he but, becomes master of the three realms because he has the largest amulet. I bet you've got a pretty large amulet yourself. I don't own an I, amulet. I See, that's funny to me just in a sketch. Like, that's a funny interchange. 
Um, but Abe, it doesn't sound like Abe's not granting that, that it has moments of funny. I will say this. No, I am saying that. I, oh. I'm pointing out there are funny yeah, lines. Exactly. And like, yeah, yeah. There are, there, there's worth in the movies, like, like in the way that like, if you just keep typing nonsense on a typewriter, you're going to get some lines of Hamlet. Heart. <laughs> you know? yeah, I'll say this. Wow. Uh, part of the trivia is the first cut was two hours and 15 minutes and they edited out 45 oh, minutes. Oh my God. God. I think that that would legitimately ruin it. I, like Griffin, how do you feel if it were forty-five yeah. minutes longer? Could you take no. it? I no, couldn't no. take that long. I think no, because it's very wisely cut down. Because you know, it's actually just six scenes that are like the the porto, the potato thing, and then Pot-to-to. like the, him smelling horse shit for like yeah, five minutes. Right. Um, yeah, it's probably just six that's more jokes like that. A yeah. whiff of yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. That's what I said. Bullshit. (laughs) That's why I feel mean because, like, I feel like I've never liked this type of joke. Like, where you just repeat. Like, I always hated it it on SNL. It's Abe's least favorite Uh, joke format. It's It's actually my my least favorite joke format too. And I don't. And that may be the one part of the movie that I don't like. You wish it was. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I tried to things like Ronnie and and Braden's penises are just. Just wonderful. I mean, yeah, so like, for the listener, if you're not going to take the time to watch it, Big Ronnie is an elderly man who has a gigantic torpedo shaped, like red. It's like a dog penis. horse. It like, looks yeah. like he has problems it, with it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's also and it's out oblong. a lot. It's out a whole movie. It's the like a movie. big beef jerky dick. Yeah. But then Braden's is the same design but a micro penis but a little it's tiny a, so it little still has nub. this like red rocket thing going up at the at yeah the and end. it does i mean it has a horror structure in the sense we see that him jerk it off the arc is will he save janet and ultimately the answer is no he becomes a second greasy strangler like i don't know i was i did <laughs> that sounds so stupid i found the end chilling I was yeah. like, uh, and, they, and they become yeah. crazy together. That's fucking terrifying. You mean the part where they go to the woods and they like shake spears at the camera for no yeah. reason? Oh, yeah. That, okay. Let's talk okay. about that last shot. Yeah. What's so, going on with the ending there? All throughout the movie, they've established that when they're in the persona of the greasy strangler, <laughs> they make dinosaur like guttural growling sounds. And mm-hmm. we and get it's this. More like chittering. Or yeah, but when they're all greased out, they become like feral and basically to spoil the movie. So if you want to see this weird fucking thing, pause now, because um, we're going to get into the ending. But they, uh, you know, you have hope that Braden will defeat his dad and kill the greasy strangler. But instead, together, they kill a nice, perfectly nice person named Janet what? No. and become greasy stranglers together. Oh, you no, know, she's not shade. perfectly nice. They're all she horrible deserve monsters. To die. She doesn't deserve yeah. to no. have her eyes popped she's out. She's not a true. monster like they are monsters. She true. was just in a difficult relationship because of Rico no. or whatever. And in fact, the lead up to that scene makes it even crazier because she is kidnapped by the greasy strangler. Yeah. And he takes her to a movie theater, which how did Braden even know they went to the movie theater? Braden says, well, I can be greasy too. And you think he's going to become like a superhero. Fight the greasy strangler. strangler. Yeah. To save his kidnapped girlfriend. Yeah. Who he's like had to deal Mm -hmm. with being like cucked by too, by his dad. Because his dad also (laughs) has an affair with the girlfriend earlier on in the movie. That's the main plot. Yeah, And then he goes into the movie theater. His dad's strangling Janet. And he basically says, like, move over, and then pops her eyes out of her head. 
and then they run off into the yeah. forest. Yeah, and Aren't then when they're in the they, forest, eat, they eat her eyes, no, and then they go. They there's go a nice the scene on the beach where they bond first, though. Well, yeah, I thought bond. that was after. Anyway, they kill Ricky Prickles, who's Braden's yeah. stepdad, um, by ri- going into the woods and ripping his ears off and eating his eyeballs, which I guess becomes their mo. But my point was, in the woods. And I don't want to argue that it means anything because it probably doesn't. But Mm -hmm. the sense I got was that when they're the greasy strangler, they're fully feral. And it's like it's like out of your mind, like a different kind of being. And Mm -hmm. they go and they're feral in the woods and happy together for a time. But then that thing where they witness themselves get executed. I think they really did die in some sense. And that them on the beach coming to terms with each other is them in the afterlife. And talking about the events of the movie. So in other words, the true ending in my mind is Braden sided with his dad. They went on an all night greasy killing spree and eventually got gunned down. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. No, but you do have it in the wrong order because the the last shot is them shaking spears at the camera. Okay. Mm -hmm. That I don't understand because you're right. The last shot is they've become fully like caveman people and they have wooden spears and they, we hear some beast behind camera and they come towards camera like they're gonna fight this beast and we don't know what it is yeah yeah maybe hey maybe it's their all their sins they're finally gonna reckon with the sins of all the horrible things they did as no no because because of what you just said if there is a meaning to that final sequence it is that for some reason there's that weird guy who's in all of the scenes not all of the scenes but many of them he's like gray-haired he kind of looks like uh that music producer who ended up being a murderer right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and he, and he they're both tied to stakes and there are these two people with ak-47s who have not been in the movie, as far as i can and they and they execute brayden and ronnie well greasy strangler brayden and ronnie look on and the only thing that could mean if it means anything is that their ego is dead and now the greasy strangler right. is all that remains and then they right, hit right. the spears at us just to show that they're feral. Yeah. yeah. And there's no coming back from it now. They're just they're going fully to... greasy. And in fact, their dead bodies that are left behind, their heads pop off and grease shoots out. So yep. they, yeah. were, they were full of grease inside. The grease was made and... of tapioca pudding. Good to know. Makes it less oh, was that a, to watch. Was that an IMDB? Uh, yeah. Trivia. Factoid. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I yeah. think about directing this. Like I, I couldn't stop thinking about being the director of this movie like i don't like i don't know jim what Hosking. to say to actors about what they're doing i couldn't even get close to being able to direct this movie like just like say like all right just start howling like a wolf now eat potato chips ravenously yeah. like what happens if there's literally any question at all about what you're doing yeah like you have to say, this is funny. It's it's wacky. That's <laughs> like why that I was like, are there me. multiple takes? But there are core things that like, I don't know, man. Part of me thinks, so there's a scene where Big Ronnie says to the tour, you're a bunch of fucking cunts, check my cheeks. And mm-hmm. if I ever don't laugh at a wide, still dead shot of a very old man mooning me for a long time, that means the whimsy inside me is dying. Like that's a core <laughs> thing you should laugh at. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think you need that. Um, okay. If if so, people you know, want a way in, just to just to mention the genealogy a little bit, Jim Hosking, also known for uh, an evening with Beverly Laughlin, which does feel almost right. like he tried to make a real movie. Like he was like, "All right, I'll calm down a bit." 
uh, <laughs> if you've seen that. It's it's still right. super weird, but it's not as aggressively upsetting. Yeah, and the dialogue is very similar in that it's like almost non sequitur the whole way, but it does feel like it's loosely based based on some plot elements that most movies yeah. have this not that it isn't a horror movie not that it doesn't have a genre and doesn't have scenes that mix together and make a story it just meanders in the ways in ways that it want wants to it's like a cat you know it's like i'm not gonna do the thing that you want me to and do and yet it sticks and to I think a very basic art movie, right there's a murderer he's fucking your girlfriend <laughs> you gotta kill right him. but it's not yeah. like a it's not like i wouldn't call this like a horror genre film you know it's not like doing the genre like a, a form that is familiar to the genre no you know? i would just say that it's rare in my life that i encounter a piece of film that makes me feel so upset and uncomfortable for such a sustained mm-hmm. duration and that's something. Some people like that. So I'm letting them know that this exists. But yeah, right. I don't know what it is. Or why do I want to feel that way sometimes? I don't know. Mm. It's just weird, man. The best uh, part it makes, of the movie. Go ahead. Best part of the movie to me. The coolest part of the movie was that. And it's it kind of evokes, I think, what you. I, I think that's the closest I've gotten to the unlock. Which is that. There's a transition shot with music. Music plays and Big Ronnie is dancing. He's in his purple like onesie. The, the spotlight with his shot. Dick out. The spotlight shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The spotlights on him, and you kind of and so this is what happens, uh, listener. You kind of hypnotically get drawn into it because the it's dark shot. You don't see anything, and then the spotlight happens, and then for about a minute, he dances, and it, the spotlight follows him perfectly. And then they turn it off and you realize it's not like a black background or anything. It's like sunrise and the background isn't like particularly well composed. But it's like a moment where you go, oh, shit, my eyes were just focused on one thing for 60 seconds. Ronnie's dead. And I was dancing. Yeah. And I wasn't aware of what I was looking at at all. Like all the edges just walking down became the street. Yeah. Yeah. Like an optical illusion or like a magic eye book. And it was like that. That is a cool thing that they did, and I think they knew what they were doing. And it's also kind of clear to me that that's like what you need to do to watch the movie is just like focus on the one thing, don't focus on anything else. Focus on the thing that they're drastically asking you to focus on. You focus like on the big offer. Penis. There's nothing beyond. But, yeah, no, which I do. I, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think that okay. that scene. So so back to the whole like psychological horror thing. That scene to me. I, and I, I, I got to give him credit. I'm just going to give him credit. <laughs> that scene to me is like the the explicit uh, showcasing of Big Ronnie's vision of himself, like malignant narcissism on display. Right. That That is actually how the entire movie is played out if we were to see it from the perspective of Big Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, and we no, get this, this minute-long shot of him. His life is a disco dance. dance. Yeah, we hear him like, yeah, it's like this lot, story yeah, he tells about multiple Michael times Jackson and yeah, John Travolta, like, which is funny because uh, Michael St. Michael's, who plays Big Ronnie, was John Travolta's hairdresser in real life. IMDb <laughs> trivia for okay. the win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I see that. I see that, Griffin. I think that that is absolutely what they're doing. They're saying it's kind of sad and pathetic how he lives his lie and he's asking everyone to... He's a bullshit artist, right? That's um, That's that's the point of it. But it's just like it was like a, I guess one a cool optical effect and two, like so indicative of like exactly how you have to watch the film, which is kind of like tunnel vision. 
Uh, I yeah. don't know. That's what I. Got I admire from it. your yeah. willingness, Abe, to try and even because I really appreciate it, that you don't or it doesn't feel good to you. So thank you. Um, no, it's. I mean, I uh, anything I see, I want to. I want to pick it apart and see its greasy. And figure out why. <laughs> it makes me wonder if the truest line in the movie for Jim Hosking might be uh, when Braden says, or it just describes what he's doing so well. Really, I want to write fantasy novels someday. Interactive fables with full-color illustrations and fold-out maps of faraway realms. And it's almost a statement of like, isn't that enough? I just want to show you some interesting stuff that you haven't seen before. That's all we're doing. I think Braden is the director in some ways. <laughs> but I don't want to try and pretend that The Greasy Straggler right. is like a heartfelt memoir because it is not. No, it is not. It is um, not. I'll tell you a line that really got me. I am a rich gentleman. I own a premium shipping service in Denver. Let me live. I will make you the chief shareholder. Does that or does that not appeal to you? I wanted some rich paprika chips. They weren't even for me. Who cares? There's a girl in my room. I met her tonight at a sports bar. We tried to have sex, but I couldn't get a stiffy. Then my balls sucked up into my abdomen. Does that strike you as unusual? Am I dead yet? My name is... That scene, which <laughs> Abe, that's one of that's me. one of the ones uh-huh. that's just like a back and forth of like the same exact mm-hmm. thing, right? Potato. Right. I just love it. He can't say potato. It's it's a it's. A, I think he's probably he's Indian. I maybe. could lose my license. And the, well, the the hot dog well, cart is another. Also, one. the no, I'm just naming all of the oh, ones that they all, just have. It that's becomes most like of the a movie. mantra. It's most of the yeah. movie. I agree. Is that bit? Um, and I don't know why it works packaged this way because it doesn't usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like, and the sheer insistence of the guy who's like, I must know what these chips are made yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a very polite African gentleman That's, who's like, he, I just, I need to know what the chips are made of, which yeah. obviously they're potato chips. There's no other right. option for it. Yeah. There's no other option. And this guy cannot say potato. He says like, Porto. Porto. And, and the guy says, excuse me, like as if something is wrong with him. He says, excuse me, I really must know what these chips are made of. The insistence is funny. Yeah. I agree. I agree that it's the, 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 and the fact that they're all maniacs. It. The yeah. earnest mania mania of it all is yeah. very endearing. I do I do see that. Oh. I see that. Do you like the Greasy Strangler now, Abe? <laughs> no. We, we flipped. No, I don't. I, yeah. uh, man, dude, I looked down and saw, like, at one point, I, I, like, stopped and, like, hovered my mouse over, like, how, how far am I into yeah. it? And I saw 42 minutes, and I actually said, fuck. Yeah. It was good, though. I was eating, and I had to stop eating, and that's that not usually true. Though. Yeah, but really, yeah, those but, food shots lot, really are hard yeah, to Yeah, the grease, the folding semi-cold grease mm. shots is oh, it's just gag worthy yeah yeah the bucket of grease from out of the oh I'll yeah my license guy it did say that in my rating or at least they said one of the main scenes that they cut down on was that scene apparently was much much longer originally oh yeah one... i could lose my license guy another side character see all the side characters are so colorful too big paul Mm-hmm. What Big Paul's existence is like a puzzle to me. He sits in this. <laughs> is it an inside car wash? I don't even understand yeah. what it is. Oh, okay. Now it doesn't I know look Big like Paul is okay. Yeah. So yeah. Big Paul is a blind man who sits and mines a car wash that doesn't look operational. It's only there for Big Ronnie to ungrease himself when he's the and strangler. Yeah. 
and After he just killed. waits yeah. there until Big Ronnie takes him out disco dancing. That's the only. That seems to be yeah, his only exists, life. Like he exists for Big Ronnie. That's why Big Ronnie likes him, right? Oh, until Big Ronnie he, ultimately turns on him and kills him for no reason. And for no he, reason. Yeah. Yeah. No he's reason. just. He's just. I think that's is that when Janet goes back to Brave. I think that's the escalation of like, oh, he's, he's becoming in unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, as he right. screams when. Uh, he catches it. them. No, Janet, not your butt. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at, I love how, man, everyone is named Big. Yeah, except not Oinker. Oinker. Except Oinker. Not Janet. And Janet. Yeah, because I, I didn't even realize that there's there's two characters, Big Heine and Big Thaddeus. Yeah, I li- so the waiter, when they're out at the restaurant on a date, he says, Hi, Big Heine. I'm really looking forward to an excellent meal tonight. That's- and Big Heine says, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> when he's trying to call and turn his dad in for being the greasy strangler. And this is, uh, I just covered Synecdoche, New York, guesting on another podcast. And it's almost the same bit, completely different movie, but same bit where someone's on the phone and they can't possibly transmit the amount of information that you then say they did. Because he picks up and he just goes, hello? I think my dad's the greasy strangler. Tomorrow. Okay, that sounds good. We'll meet tomorrow. All right, Janet, that was the detective. His name is Jody. He's coming over tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> right. that wasn't actually what was transmitted. It's just such a great bit to me. Uh, That's funny. In Synecdoche, it does it to describe his father's horrible, torturous bed, right. bed scene. But uh, effective technique. Yeah. Yeah, that there are the guy they know the group, the the group mind that makes this knows what's funny Mm -hmm. and and they chose not to be funny. Right. Like, yeah, it's and I'm trying to get out of this podcast, but like without like (laughs) appearing that I don't understand anti-comedy. I feel like I I feel like we should branch into an anti-comedy discussion generally because I think that's actually interesting. Right. Because we get so rare. It's so rare an opportunity to actually go there. Like, did Tim and Eric ever work for you? What are anti-comedies that you have liked, if any? I have liked Tim and Eric in the past, but for the most part, I find the non sequiturs too, like it's too immersive. Like the fact that you do it too often, it's it's too much for me. Um, I but I mean, me like, mad. I don't like Tim and Eric. I just go. I okay, don't even like Tim and Eric. But like, uh, what's that? Yeah. What's that one? Is it the ten? What's the one with um? Ba, 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 Smiling like, Friends is big anti comedy right now. I liked. I liked. Uh, yeah, I like the uh, the one with Paul Rudd where he's like, show me tame. <laughs> Like he's talking that? to his computer. You don't know that one. Oh, that's great. Like he's he's at a computer and he's like, show me like the new the new version of the program. And it's just him on the computer dancing. He's like, I, I, I like this. You know, it's just like it's nonsense. It's it's just Paul Rudd interacting with a computer that just gives him offers. Sure. Um, there's is I, I keep thinking that's the 10 but maybe it's not but they're in the 10 there's also the the neighbors sketch with uh or oh, uh, they try to one up leave schreiber and leave yeah. schreiber and they try to one up in each other with buying mri machines because that's like the currency is like ah, i got more MRI he owns seven mri, MRI machines. machines i need eight mri machines. i need eight yeah. now yeah and stuff like that that to me because it still had it, like it's anti-comedy but like not 
unhinged where it's just like i don't know where i'm going like if i don't have like some form of map it really fucks me up uh and i guess some people obviously don't need that well and it's the particular combination with gross out comedy which is a unique its own whole field of comedy that i also don't usually like so i don't (laughs) what's amazing the amazing alchemy to me and it's not it's i think it's jim hosking because yeah singular hosking uh i think it's jim hosking because like Beverly Love Lynn, it's they cut out maybe 80% of the gross out humor. It's just the surreal mm-hmm. humor. And uh, it still works on me in that I really like an evening with Beverly Love Lynn. It's really funny to me. And I don't like these types of comedies usually. And I'm excited <laughs> to watch Tropical Cocktails, I'm just finding out is his Wait uh, a second. one from Is this a new movie? Well, 2019, <gasps> but it's one I haven't seen, so we'll have to check it out. Two burnt-out city cops relocate to a tropical paradise for relaxing twilight to their careers, but their new locale turns out to be the most unrelaxing place on Earth, and their captain is a champion shouter. All right, interesting. Um, but my point is, I'm into this guy. I actually think uh, <laughs> that there's some kind of magic here only because this stuff never works on me, and he was able to combine gross-out comedy and anti-comedy, and I still liked it. That never happens. Um, is, and yet, is it because it's unmoored? It, is, so the same problem that Abe has is that why it works? Because it's not. It's just letting it. It's like it's a blank canvas almost. He's like, I think it's yeah. I think it's also that it's a film because Tim and Eric asked me to invest in the idea of this is a show you would like to watch this for half an hour every week or so, and mm. I actually do have the feeling of Abe where. Anti-comedy almost has like a bitter aftertaste to it where I'm like, ah, that is funny in an abstract intellectual way, um, but I need a break before I'll enjoy another unit of (laughs) anti-comedy. And the fact that this is 90 minutes and is imbibed as a singular experience and you leave going, whoa, geez, wow, I'm glad that's over. That allows it to be a thing that I have enough distance from to really enjoy myself. It's uh, what I imagine the feeling would be like, like going to an old timey carnival freak show where you're like, this is exploitative and weird and I'm not supposed to see this. This is upsetting. (laughs) And you leave and you're like, well, that happened. Uh, And knowing that it was made by a bunch of people like consenting artists who all opted into doing this makes me feel much more cool about imbibing it and uh, enjoying it for what it is, which is just a wild psychotic ride into like. A faraway land. It's a full color pull out map of a faraway it, land. <laughs> it's a fantasy novel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, it is a freak show. I never. I don't know why I didn't think of that. It is. It is just a freak show. Yeah. It, or it's that I used to have a comic book called The Big Book of Freaks that was. I was good. Con- very I re- good. Gra- I, yeah. I do apologize if that. I'm sure that's. I'm like what word, but uh, freak sounds so mean now through 2022 lens. <laughs> Um, but regardless, there was a comic book called The Big Book of That. And uh, it, it felt like an, this felt like an entry in that. I remember hiding in the closet when I was like 11 or 12, reading this comic <laughs> anthology that would tell you about like the, lobs, hiding? the lobster. Yeah, man. his dad bought that for him. Why did he hide in the, the closet? The lobster man beating his kids and stuff. Because I was. Oh, was, yeah. My dad told oh, me I was too young to read it. was a monster. It was such oh. a horrible. The book was about horrible things. That's so cute. It's wholesome. And it gave me this same feeling this movie gives me of like, yeah, am no. I supposed yeah, to be watching it. this? <laughs> Is this okay? Uh, and that's so, so rare. Especially I mean, in your 30s. It, this movie, this movie gave me. I have not. I've only felt the feeling 
that this movie gave me one time in my life, and it was watching Eraserhead. The same feeling mm. I had after Eraserhead as like a nine-year-old. <laughs> Greasy strength. I can't, I can't understate how much this like it, it. I I got into like an existential like space. I wouldn't call it like a funk really, or like a uh, dread a or anything like that. It wasn't bad. But it like it made me realize I was like, why don't I like it? Do I need everything in small boxes? Like, what is it? What is broken in you, Abe, that you can't enjoy this nonsense? Like, I don't know, children's birthday party. Elijah Wood <laughs> produced, so Elijah Wood was all in on this. You know, Elijah like, Wood, you respect him. All in. <laughs> uh, it won the the Empire uh, comedy of the, like when it, whatever year it came out. It won like. Empire gave its award for comedy. Like right. that's not that only they only give that to one movie a year. You know, it's like um, not that I'm saying that accolades matter in it. Obviously, that's a whole thing. But it's just like the, it is appreciated. It is appreciated for what it is. And I understand and I, I feel like I see it. But I'm like, why do we appreciate this, though? I also like, would have doing it's among it's like among the top films I would have liked to have been around for the shooting of it. I'm so interested in understanding was the vibe happy and playful and fun. Did everyone right. get the joke? Was the vibe uh -huh. weird and uncomfortable? Is Jim Hosking uncomfortable to be around or is he right. fine? And he understands that he's doing a weird thing. Like, I really want to know what it was like to direct always, these non-actors and get these shots. It's that's it, always the craziest thing to me when this kind of thing happens is I, I it always worries me. Like when Ludacris was giving the tour of his cribs back in the day. I used to really like Ludacris. But then he gave the tour and I realized Ludacris's persona was dead serious. And I couldn't enjoy Ludacris. And then you were like, oh no, it's not yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought I was in on a joke, but it's not a joke. Um, so yeah, that happened. Oh, like that you'd happened. be disappointed if you found out Jim Hosking was really, really weird. You want him like, to. Yeah. yeah. No, it can't I want get him much better. I want this you know? to be... A charade, like oh, I want a conscious this to be act fantasy of a now. comedian. Yeah, right. Yeah. I want yeah. it to be chaos. It should be chaos. I typically love chaos. That's the weird thing. That's why I'm so broken by this movie. Like it, hypothetically, I should love every bit of it. Like in a on paper. Mm -hmm. Like when I think of me on paper, like I should like it. I don't know, man. It this this film. It broke me. <laughs> and that is. The greatest accolade you that's I know you're insane. a professional film podcaster, USC trained. Wow, that's high praise. Broken that's by high. the strangler. I, it, it made me think like I am wrong for like I maybe I shouldn't be a filmmaker. Maybe I don't have what it takes. You know what I mean? Well, like, no, it's, it's well, deep, man. It's deep. We also don't all have to enjoy. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Know. It's not real, but it is though. That's the thing. It is real, because I really do feel like an asshole. I even right now I have a bad taste in my mouth because like it's like uh, I've poo pooed this entire podcast or something. But it really is something that I I I want to work on understanding about myself. I can understand like also as someone who has you know for a living written thousands of jokes that we thought long and hard and argued with some great comedy writers around a table and like the best right. joke won and it got punched up by becoming complex and like good according to like comedy rules sometimes it's 
envy or like it inspires envy to see someone just go like well they just had an old man fart <laughs> like that's not fair fuck that that's cheap humor or whatever um mm-hmm. and i can see that or i can see like should i have should i be thinking of these clever jokes i'm thinking of this guy's just doing this yeah. and it seems to work that's no, but there's absolutely. room for every there's room for right. every style right? And, right and and the truth is that these jokes don't work most of the time it, you can watch That's a terrible true. kids movie and go, oh, this is trash. But most people walking reason, the earth will not like this movie. I do believe that it's not meant to be liked. That's the thing is it's <laughs> not meant to be liked. It's not I, meant think, to be I, liked. I don't yeah. think that that the filmmakers and the all of the crew and cast would say, oh, I hope people really enjoy I hope my it's movie. a big hit. Yeah, I hope it yeah. does really well. No, this was this was made for them <laughs> by them. Yeah, it's fair like, enough, um, I reckon, mate. <laughs> yeah, why? Why an Australian why? accent? Why? That didn't make why? any sense. Braden in the that, afterlife um, has an Australian no. accent. Yeah. 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 He's a if, cheesy old cornball. Sometimes it feels like like okay, so sometimes it feels like an unprepared comedian going up to an open mic. And trying to just do jokes off the top of their head, you know, like an improv with no preparation. And I think that that's the feeling that they they want you to feel that free fall the whole time. Right. Like that's the chaos. I think we're like we're acknowledging or that's what I'm saying. Everything feels like it was the first take. And yet I don't believe that's possible based on the lighting and the setups and such. But it which it goes for that feeling like we just shot this shit. These people are just wandering around being crazy, (laughs) which is truly powerful for a film to pull off. I just hate the way they do it because I I think I'm I think this movie was designed for me. Like, I feel like it was to to make to take me off my pedestal and be like you think that construction of movies and sequences are like this and stories are like this <laughs> are your avon barks but it's, it's not but it's the other way yeah. <laughs> man how about yeah. that classy chupo music all throughout we haven't even talked oh. about the score and <laughs> it's like you said everything is just a layering Jesus. of the most basic possible choice because even the music is just like bow, 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 bow. <laughs> it's so basic but i love it's... it i, I want to have it playing in my in the background <laughs> you, just, you, just, you guys are a bunch of goblins although i did notice <laughs> when Braden, when uh janet cheats on Braden with the hootie tootie disco cutie the first time and he runs out screaming and crying it's the only time there's an organic score element there's sad classical guitar and I'm like, that proves to me. What's that mean? That they actually it it means that they that they aren't crazy. It means that they actually like they, they know wanted enough, you to feel something. They know then. enough that they wanted you to feel something just a bit in that one moment if they could get away with it. And knowing yeah, that that's I, a moment where you should do that or try for that means that they know what they're doing to me. I just do think makes he knows me what angry. he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get away with that. Uh, you, you are held accountable for your actions, movie. You're like, you, you really want me to care about Big Braden? Yeah. Come on. That yeah, is like, tough. Fuck off. It's a tough bye. I've been watching too many movies to deal with that shit. But man, I remember watching that Sausages Kids in the Hall sketch. Abe, did you have this experience at all? Uh, right. Because you know the one we mean, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking Did about. Did you? Yeah. I wanted to like it. Like, I kept watching it over and over because I admire Bruce McCullough so much that I was like, I have to. <laughs> right. I had this mm-hmm. feeling you're describing, but about that sketch. That's right. As years. a nine year old. <laughs> like, why yeah. is this funny? They put it in a comedy show. It must but, be yeah. funny. <laughs> I think it's, I think the small, the subtle difference, and it's really not that as big of a, you know, distance that I, than I thought. Mm-hmm. I think it was like kids in the hall because everything is throwaway. It's all in the fun of it. Right. I, I, I get, they, they are able to elucidate a tone over all their sketches that are just like, and then that happens and I don't fucking know. And it's like, right. it's that afterthought. It's like, we're doing a thing and then fucking, and then it, it evolves into chaos. This is like you are in chaos. You stay in chaos. There's no movement. The whole experience from chaos. is it chaos. It is just yeah. chaos, and it's just like that. I can't. That is no order in the chaos, and that makes me. <laughs> but then, how else could it be? Angry. I know. It, there's no other way it could have been. If it would have broken from that, then the entire. I know. It's yeah, one of right. the closest Fantasy would be broken. Film experiences to taking a powerful psychedelic drug to me. <laughs> It's true. It feels truly dreamlike in ways that are, yeah. 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 I would, yeah. I hope that we get lots of feedback on this episode because I would just love to know all the I people hope who hated watches. this movie and all the people Man. who think it rocks for whatever reason. How'd your it dad react, Griffin? He just thought it was stupid. Indulged it and was like, that was dumb. So he didn't like yeah, click and he, laugh at it. And, he okay. had tried to watch it before and turned mm-hmm. it off randomly because he watches a lot of movies. Um, and yeah, I tried to I tried to do the uh, narrative of this whole podcast with him while we were watching it. <laughs> right. Just fuck off. I don't want to feel like yeah. And ultimately <laughs> no, was you. Ashley also like, well, I survived it. That was stupid. The end. Like a marathon. Um, yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I don't think she liked it, but again, nobody likes it. <laughs> You're like, that's not the point here. That's not what yeah. I'm trying to accomplish. No, no, I, I, it's that's okay. The thing. Griffin really does understand this movie. He does. It, he really does. He really it's, does have every answer. He's big Griffin. That's he's big the, Griffin. <laughs> in an alternate reality, I, I would have loved to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. Is, and just get the, all slopped up. Just get all slopped up and direct this movie. Uh, yeah, just all of us in greasy suits. I love they, Tim Robinson. I think you should leave his yeah, masterclass. Yeah, I was just about to say because you said slopped up. But if you think yeah. Tim Robinson's sketches are weird, this is like, it's like switching to the hard stuff. Like, that ain't weird. This is weird. That, that's that's what this taught me. And and maybe that's, you know. This is the hard stuff. 80% it's of the, the time, I do want the Tim Robinson where you're like, wouldn't it be weird if someone had a show where bodies keep falling out of coffins? That's pretty right. weird. And you're like, cool. That's a digestible amount of weird. This is like a huge God, torpedo-shaped dog dick in your face at all times. It time. makes me so angry. Because <laughs> it's like I, I like my whole conception of myself is that I'm like, I do not shy away from like the weird and the ugly. And mm. it's and it's true. I do live by that. But then when it's like, I maybe you just don't like the hard stuff. Maybe you're just a little vanilla. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you hate that implication too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. But I gotta, I you know, I gotta, I gotta I live do love up, me some know? Eraserhead. Eraserhead's great. Yeah. yeah. Eraserhead's great. But I mean, what's the weird. difference between a racer head and their like seat, like sperm falling from the ceiling and getting stomped on by a radiator girl? Like, yeah. <laughs> how do we deal with that? I mean, 
the shock value get you get over it very quickly you know like and then you're just like okay so they're just saying they're just talking about come now that's that doesn't to me that doesn't uh it's not more or less than what it's doing already you know which is just the idea that there's people are saying non sequitur things all the time it might as well be blue or not because no, there is no master here well what's interesting would, about Eraserhead is you feel like you I think the difference that I would leap to is that you can unpack it and it actually has unpackable things. Whereas so like, well, she's deformed and she's stepping on the sperm because this is the phase of the movie where he's about to have a deformed child. And that's his deepest fear is that his sperm is somehow fucked up or compromised. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense in some way. Whereas when you unpack this, it's like, the movie's literally telling you, don't unpack it. Just enjoy it. Don't unpack it. It's not. There's nothing under it, under it. (laughs) It's just stuff. Um, but then I wonder about that too because I, I don't think so. Because I don't Lynch, think so. Lynch constantly seems like the type of guy who is just free associating. Like I question whether shit are the connections that I see in Eraserhead really there? Because Lynch doesn't seem like the type of guy who would weave Jordan Peele esque symbolism into his shit. He seems like he's just like out there navigating art, right? Nah, I don't know. No, oh, I gotta read this more. This has Lynch. a story. There are characters he, like he wants. The- the relationship something. between Braden and Ronnie like is a narcissistic uh, parent and child relationship. It is that's true. There's but it a doesn't have line. anything to yeah, but it doesn't have anything to say about it. It really doesn't. You uh, can't convince me of that. No, it doesn't maybe have anything to say about it, except that um just they are people, they exist. Uh, well, he's I, I take tangler. issue with you saying they're people, but uh, <laughs> I really yeah, do think they're that archetypes they're archetypes. I think, yeah, I think they're, they're archetypes of, and, and they are not human beings. They, but, that's right. It, but I mean, it, in a way, you have to look at them as cartoon figures uh, yes. in order to. They are Looney Tunes. See yeah, they're, it's a live action Looney Tune. But you know what? No, it's the. I've it's, never seen that Looney Tune. That's what I was going to say is my dad used to always take us to this thing called Spike and Mike's Festival of Sick and Twisted Animation. Um, uh-huh. And it's like, this is that. It was where uh, you would take all the like X-rated Looney Tune type shit and screen it. Mm-hmm. And this feels like that, but a live Real action hard one. Stuff. So the you'd hard see it's Spike stuff. and Mike's. Yeah, the hard stuff. <laughs> Your dad was It says keep, keep out of reach man. of Abe. Oh yeah, my yeah. my dad exposed me to horrible, the weird shit way and too early too. and regularly. He, he yeah. showed us Eraserhead when we were pretty young. Pretty young, yeah. And, I and remember- as I said, took us to this <laughs> festival of animation that's literally called Sick and yeah, Twisted, it's X-rated. where they screen X-rated cartoons. Yeah. But I remember your dad on Laserdisc. He bought Eraserhead, and he had to get like a Jap. It was like seventy dollars. Yeah. He had to get this like Japanese import. version of Eraserhead. And we watched it one time, and I remember coming over to your house and being like, "Hey Bart, can we watch Eraserhead again?" And he must have been like, "Who is this creepy little goblin?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn. Uh, yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm just a vanilla, milk toast, basic ass snow roach man. <laughs> snow roach. I have not snow heard roach. That. I, nice. I like you it. You heard snow roach? It's like hockey. Wow. Oh like great. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. We found a movie that broke Abe, which I think is as good an endorsement as any. If anyone wants I, to see it, it's called The Greasy Abe, Strangler. You, it's on Amazon. You know you've convinced everyone to watch I The know. Greasy Strangler, right? I hate it. I hate this. This <laughs> moment, I hate it. I, and, I, and I hate you, Griffin. And I you're love using you. it that way. Yeah. Uh, this is fun. Griffin, this is would the best you? Because 
Would you ever come back and talk about a more reasonable film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but would I, you be reasonable? What's a more reason? Yes, of course. I don't know. Jurassic Park I don't or know. some shit. Oh, I'll talk about Jurassic some Park. Sh- it's going to be a seven hour episode. Actually, but... that's they've claimed that for Spielboys, but. Yeah, we already. Um, I just mean something right. normal oh, I... that humans would watch. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park. Dude, Steve, imagine Steven Spielberg watching this. We wanted to get you, it. you know, we wanted to like bring you over from science or whatever, which is like a little pocket universe into the main guest pool. And I just don't think we could have done it with a better movie. I no one else, no one else has uh, taken this mantle upon themselves. Yeah, you got the I, vision, Griffin. Yeah, I am uh, a little horrified. I'm, and now I the hope. audience, the Small Beans audience, is going to expect you to bring fire, like weird shit, every time now. Yeah, it's it's fickle, dude. Don't They'll turn you're going to you. chase it. Yeah, you're going to chase it, and it's not. You'll ne- be the snow roach well. soon enough. <laughs> You'll be the basic ass snow roach soon enough. <laughs> All right, oh, man. Well, let's do it. I, I'm I'm down to watch some weird movies, though. We got all right. It's done. Here we, I Griffin's guess here we the go. resident weirdo. I, I, He's the I watch most of the time. If I can watch weird stuff to balance it out a little bit, I'm I'm down. We have like a few characters. We're starting to develop like arcs with some of our guests. Like Brooks is like the Charlie. Anytime Kaufman we need guy. someone to comp competently like inspect a movie's themes, mm-hmm. like we go to that guy. You know. We go to we go to Dave Bell. Honestly, Dave Bell is just this movie. He's just a mm, goblin. We could have had Dave for this, but Dave, I also feel like is our pinch hitter all rounder for like movies that people actually enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but, Southland yeah. Tales, we were like, who can save this? Who we're in a real pickle this? now. We need Dave. <laughs> right, man. We're really <laughs> we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. Wait, uh, I, but I want to. Yeah, for the record, this podcast started with Saving Private Ryan, uh, and now we're. Now we're yes. doing Greasy Strangler and Southland Tales. Great. I'm glad to see how uh, far we've come in five years. Truly, truly horrifying. Here's to another like, five years talking movies with you, dude. Yeah, baby. And Griffin. And Griffin. Get in on this. Yeah, yeah let me know. Get on. Get uh, in on this kisses. This is usually where we ask people to plug stuff. Do you have, you don't, you have no, secret do you stuff, care? right? You can't I, plug I'm, stuff. I, I'm, yeah, I have no plugs at this point. Okay. No comment. That's pretty cool, dude. That's like the coolest. That's actually thing I've among ever our seen crowd. That's the power move. You're like, no, that's, I, yeah. I don't need attention. In a single fucking <laughs> gesture, just fucking drops the mic as he exits yeah. the podcast. Anything you want to plug? No, I'd rather you don't nah, find me off. or associate with yeah. me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who's listening to this. People are listening to this. Ah, fuck them. I mean, so I, did, cool. I, I thought it would be a nice way to spend an hour with you two. <laughs> yeah, and indeed it was. <laughs> it was. It was. I love. I love your I devotion. Lo- I love Abe. I love <laughs> the ringing endorsement you gave this movie. Oh god! I All right, now you. he's just piling. Let's <laughs> get out of here. He's just making me feel it. Fuck you! All right, people. Sorry we made you aware of this film. <laughs> yeah, that's the greasy God, strangler. don't watch it. Bye. Just don't. <laughs> This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!